It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Good morning. It is time to get up with two college football superpowers on the outside looking in. After last night's playoff rankings came out, is there any hope for Alabama and Ohio State? Plus, Aaron Rodgers got good news on his injured ribs yesterday, but is it the news the Packers wanted to hear? And when the clock is winding down, Lamar Jackson gets wound up. Why the Ravens quarterback is struggling when it matters most. Welcome into Get Up on this Wednesday. I'm Dan Graziano in for Greeny. And look at all these people who are here with me. I got Chris Candy, I got Tim Hasselbeck, I got Jeremy Fowler, I got Heather Dinich to talk college football. And that is where we start this morning. Only four days until the college football playoff field is revealed. Georgia lands on top of the penultimate rankings that came out last night. Bulldogs look to win their first SEC championship since 2017. This weekend against LSU, Michigan moves up to number two after their emphatic win at Ohio State. The Wolverines will look to repeat as Big Ten champs when they play Purdue this weekend. They have not been back-to-back Big Ten champs since 2003-2004. TCU is the third and final unbeaten team. The Horned Frogs face Kansas State, seeking their first Big 12 title since they shared it in 2014 in their inaugural year in the conference. And the number four spot belongs to USC for now. The Trojans are going to try to avenge their only loss of the season against Utah in the Pac-12 championship on Friday night. So despite the new rankings, our All-State playoff predictor still favors Ohio State by kind of a wide margin to take over that fourth and final spot over USC. Why? Because our analytics think Utah will beat the Trojans again this week. Uh, Our analytics giving the Utes a 61% chance to take the Pac-12 title in that game on Friday. So lots to talk about with regard to these college football rankings. I mentioned Heather Dinich, Paul Feinbaum joins us as well. We have the new top six came out last night. Paul, start with you. What was your biggest takeaway from the reveal? Bama is done, and and that's hard to swallow if you're a Nick Saban fan and you knew that this team coming in was perhaps his best in many, many years with the Heisman Trophy winner coming in and maybe the best defensive player. But it has gone all wrong for Alabama. They lost that game at Tennessee. They came back and lost a few weeks later on a two-point conversion against LSU. And their biggest problem, Dan, they don't have any good wins. And I think the committee saw that last night. College football playoff without Alabama just feels weird. What was your biggest takeaway, Heather? That Ohio State is in prime position at number five to take advantage of chaos ahead of them. And the easiest path for the Buckeyes to get back in this thing would be a USC loss. As you pointed out, our analytics think they're going to lose to Utah if you have a two-loss USC it would be extremely difficult for the committee to justify them in the playoff. And Ohio State could slip right in there. And they have the edge against Alabama right now. That number five spot was critical to have an edge going into selection. What gives them the edge? Why do they have the edge over Alabama? Well, the selection committee loves their wins against Notre Dame and Penn State, which is now a top ten win. And then when you look at Alabama, their best wins are against Ole Miss. Now Mississippi State snuck in the rankings last night, so that did help. But a one-point win on the road against Texas, which against majority of the game, the backup quarterback, that's what they're looking at for Alabama. And look, we can't forget that Alabama hasn't looked like a top four team yeah. for most of this season. Have they gotten better? Yes, but there were a lot of issues. Turnover margin, penalties, the list goes on. 
Paul, what do you think of Ohio State's chances of getting in there, especially if somebody slips up in front of them? Yeah, I think they're great. And what's interesting is the narrative after Saturday was they were done. I mean, you heard people say they yeah. got housed in their own building. Uh, they, they completely collapsed for the second year in a row. But uh, guess what? Ryan Day's team is still hanging on by a thread. Yeah, look, uh, the TCU there in the number three spot. Obviously, they're one of the newcomers. Uh, and USC as well. TCU's got the Big 12 title game, Paul, against Kansas State this weekend. If they were to lose that game, do you think they still get in? And should they? I think they, they, they will get in, and they probably should. I say probably because you really need to see what that game looks like. TCU has a good strength of schedule. They're, they're, not, they're not the type of brand name as Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State that we're used to. But in first-year coach Sonny Dykes' season, they've been unbelievable. They've dominated most of their games, including last week. And, and I think short of an absolute annihilation, they'll probably sneak in. And I say sneak in because a lot of people around the country are going, they shouldn't be in if they lose. You agree? Yes, and TCU is number one in the country right now in strength of record, and they are facing a top 10 K-State team now. But I'll remind people, to Paul's point, it depends on how this game unfolds. I think they would have to be absolutely destroyed in this game in order to not get in. But remember, when they played K-State in the regular season, they had to overcome an 18-point deficit. This was not an easy win for them. This is another comeback kids type event. But if USC also loses, right. that increases their chances of staying in this thing with a loss. And that's, the, that's the thing. Both those teams are playing other top whatever, 12, 15 ranked teams uh, in, in conference championship games. Obviously, you can't be sure about these things. A little bit of non- Playoff college football news this week. Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders confirmed he was offered the job as head coach uh, of Colorado. What are you hearing about that, Heather? Well, I think it's fascinating, and it's a great opportunity for him to do more with more resources. And, look, let's be honest. If you're going to get recruits to Colorado, you've got to go out of state, and that is a perfect home run type hire with all the flash and the lights and the noise that come with it. Um, but does he want to wait for an offer in Texas or Florida? I'm sure it's not going to be the only offer that he gets. Paul, what do you think about Coach Dion in Colorado? I think it's a bad job, and I think Dion Sanders knows that, and obviously he has a game, so he's taking his time with this. But he can do better from, from this view. Uh, there are a lot of really uh, amazing opportunities I think he could get, particularly in the, in the areas of the country where he's, he, I think, can make the most impact. To win in Colorado, you have to go to Arizona, you have to go to California. I'm not saying Dion can't do that. Dion can recruit anywhere, but I think he, he can do better in Florida, in the South, and in Texas. All right, we got a lot more college football on the show. Huge weekend coming up. Paul, Heather, don't go anywhere. Right now we are going to move, though, to the NFL and specifically to Green Bay, Wisconsin, home of the 4-8 and eight Packers who play in Chicago on Sunday before getting a much-needed bye week. Aaron Rodgers continues to deal with thumb and rib injuries, but even so, he says he's playing this weekend. How do we know? He told McAfee. Listen. We're not eliminated. Uh, I got good news with the scans yesterday. So I plan on playing this week. We got a chance to run, run the last five and and uh, see where we stand after that. Go to my uh, one of my favorite places to play down in Chicago and right hopefully you know get a big win, get into the bye week, get healthy, and wish, pal. see where we can get to. Boy, you wouldn't know they're four and eight, right? Like it sounds like everything's great and they're primed for a run. What do you think, Chris? No, that ain't gonna happen, man. The season is over. Start shipping the cars home. I mean, since 1990, there have been 110 teams that have been four and eight through their first 12 games. 
Only one of them made the playoffs. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers ain't going on a run. They're so not. The season's over. So, so, you, I, so the most important thing for the Green Bay Packers organization right now is to get an extended look at Jordan Love. And I get it. Maybe you don't want to start him this week against the Chicago Bears, but you got your bye week in week 14. Use that as an opportunity to get the kid ready because you have a consequential decision that you have to make on his fifth-year option in the 2023 offseason. And that fifth-year option is upwards of $20 million guaranteed. So you need to give yourself as many data points as you possibly can so you can make an informed decision on both quarterbacks next offseason. You agree? I don't. And, and I get it. They don't know enough about Jordan Love. But here's the deal. I don't know why everyone is so quick to want to turn the page on a quarterback that is having a bad year because he's got a broken thumb when you go back to 2018. Just listen to these numbers. Aaron Rodgers has thrown 157 touchdowns in 24 picks. That's including this down year. That is absurd. No one has ever done anything even close to that. Guys like Aaron don't fall off a cliff. He's, he has better football ahead of him, and I just think this in, in terms of, I don't know why you're in a race to, to, to move on from him. And oh, by the way, yes, $20 million on a fifth-year option is a lot, but guess, they, the Packers owe Aaron Rodgers a $40 million roster bonus in June. He, Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere. His contract is not all that different than what, than, than what Denver's dealing with in terms Excuse me. In terms of guaranteed money that's owed to their starting quarterback, that just you can't get rid of him. It's not your choice. He's there because of how much money you're still owed. You know, you still do to pay him. But the reason we're having this conversation is because two years ago they were thinking about moving on. Yeah. From him. And they <laughs> traded him. Listen, Jordan but they're not yeah. moving on from him. Right. And 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 here's the thing. Yeah. Why are you trying to move on to him to a guy that you don't know if can play if he can play? Well, they thought enough of love to take him in the first round. Two sure. years ago. But a lot has changed. So, Jeremy, what are you hearing on the Rodgers situation? So, Dan, I just checked in with some people around the league this morning, and I was told that Aaron Rodgers, because of his dynamic and his makeup, it would be very much out of character for him to say, okay, I'll just sit, right? And he's going to have major input in any decision that they have because of what happened a year and a half ago. He wanted more communication. So if they fall to, say, 4-10, and 10, and he's still beat up and just says, okay, maybe it's best for me to sit down, they could talk and then hash that out and maybe give Love a few games. But that's not in his plan by any stretch. And it's not impossible to trade him next year, but it's right. awfully hard because of that massive money, $59 million overall, totally guaranteed. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, he's, he, he said after the game that he'd be open to those kinds of conversations, yeah. right, if and mm -hmm. when they fell out of mathematical contention, right? They're not eliminated yet. I get your point, Chris Canty. You, yeah. don't, you don't buy it. But they aren't eliminated yet, so I think they feel like they owe it to themselves to try and win the games as hard as, as they can. If, if yeah. Rodgers goes to them and says, I'm definitely coming back next year, do you still think they have to look at Jordan Love? Yeah, because they still have to make a decision on Jordan Love, and if Aaron Rodgers is coming back, then you probably have to move off of Jordan Love. You're not going to let that guy go into a contract year in 2023 and then walk. You're not going to get anything for the first-round draft pick you made in 2020. Mm. That makes no sense from an organizational standpoint. But, guys, make no mistake about why Aaron Rodgers wants to be out there and play. He doesn't want to give Jordan Love any oxygen. And I know it's right. crazy to say this about a two-time MVP, but think about how Aaron Rodgers got this job. Back in 2007, when I played for the Dallas Cowboys, we knocked Brett Favre out of the game late in the season. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers came in down 17. That was a seven-point ball game with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. At that point, we knew that Aaron Rodgers could play. 
just what the Green Bay Packers did that offseason. Yeah. They shipped, they shipped yeah. Brett Farr off, and Aaron Rodgers became the starting quarterback. How you get it is how you lose it, and Aaron Rodgers is well aware of that, and he doesn't want to give Jordan Love that opportunity. Chris, Chris saw the money on this. Plain and simple. Look, if people sometimes ask themselves, like, why is that guy playing? Like, his check's not going to change right. if he decides to stay home. Like, and so some people will say, like, well, why would the guy keep playing? Guys like Aaron, who are that good and that competitive, they do exactly what Chris said. They don't let anyone ever yeah. get a chance to replace them. I mean, that's just that's why you keep playing. Yeah, and Jordan Love, you can play the long game here because he has one more year of his rookie deal. You can put the fifth-year option on him. You can franchise tag him after that. Like, you can keep him for three or four more years in a holding pattern if you wanted to that's do that. That's a lot of money in I know, quarterbacks, I know, but and you've got a lot but, of work but, but, to but, do on this roster. They like him enough. Go, go with Rodgers maybe one more year. A guy who unequivocally three months ago was the best passer on the planet. I don't think anybody would argue that. Not that much has Correct. changed. A lot of commitment for a what-if guy that you really haven't say, seen they, much of. Yeah, I, I right, was saying on Aaron, the what-if, like the reality is, is Aaron's made a lot of money. If he were to stop playing, he would be walking away from a lot of money. He guys would. don't do that. About $60 million next exactly year. Exactly right. So, uh, yeah. lots more on this uh, as we go along today and really for the next several months. Who are we kidding? But coming up, while the numbers may not be as gaudy as they were in his MVP season, is Patrick Mahomes having his best year yet? We will discuss that. And Christian Pulisic played the part of Captain America, delivering in the World Cup when the U.S. needed it most. But it didn't come at too high a cost. We'll give you that answer when we come back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals delicious meat nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there each one ounce serving has six grams of protein giving you over 10 percent of your daily value wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go and you're on the go a lot taking the kids to school hopping from meeting to meeting shopping for groceries well the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. 
So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Get Up is brought to you by Willow, an all-new original series, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. I'm back here on Get Up with Tim Hasselbeck. We're going to go through some QB quick reads. What happened to Russell Wilson, Tim? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. Are you going in for him? You got the ball. I'm not going in for All him. Right. It would be even worse, Dan, if that <laughs> happened. But look, here's the deal. I think the only explanation to this is that he has started his decline. And then the people that he's surrounded with, and that means players as well as coaches that he's surrounded with in Denver are not better than the people he was surrounded with in Seattle. I think a lot of people thought, hey, this receiver group's, receiver group's going to be better. I don't believe that it is. This coaching is going to be better. Remember, they were changing offensive coordinators in Seattle. I'm not so sure that it's better in Denver. And so I think he's not improving. And then the people around him are less than what he was around in Seattle. They got a mess there. A lot, yes, things do. are a lot better in Baltimore, but they're not great. Where they've no. blown a lot of fourth quarter leads this year. What does Lamar Jackson have to do to close out games better? I, I don't think it's just about Lamar. Like, have there been some times where they've struggled on third down late in games to close things out? Sure, that, that's the case. I think it's this whole team, and it's been really surprising because usually Harbaugh coach teams end up being on the details. But you go back a week ago, you had a bust on defense that led to a score. You had, um, you know, issues, you know, offensively in terms of protecting the football. You had a special teams issue late in the game when you're protecting a two-point lead. I think there's just too many things that that team is not doing the right way. A lot that the Eagles are doing well. They're 10-1. and one. Is Jalen Hurts the best quarterback in the NFC right now? I can get on board with this. Look, he is making great decisions in the run game and the passing game. And what they are doing with him in the run game is creating amazing opportunities in the passing game. And, look, his football intelligence and awareness is really good. Look, I think you can make an argument for someone like Dak Prescott. But that being said, I can absolutely get on board with Hurts being the best in the NFC right now. Yeah, really, really impressive the way he's advanced from early in his career, done everything they've asked him to sure. do, and ascended to, to the Eagles are at the absolute top of the conference right now. So that's football. Now on to the football, at least as the rest of the world calls it. The uh, U.S. played Iran in the their final match of the group stage yesterday in the World Cup, needing a win to advance. Let's take it to the... 38th minute of action here. Weston McKinney chips the ball to Serginho Dest. Dest heads it into the middle and Christian Pulisic gets on it for the goal. Look at it again. Perfect header. Pulisic takes a uh, big hit from the goalkeeper, but the goal stands. U.S. up one zip. Pulisic would leave the game at halftime with an abdominal injury. More on that in a minute. 98th minute now. Same score. Last chance for Iran. They get the ball to the box with Morteza Peralagani heading it on. Ball gets through. Goalkeeper Matt Turner, but Walker Zimmerman swoops in to clear it. Take a look at this no call, though. Cameron Carter-Vickers does have a hand on the Iranian player, but not enough for a foul. U.S. hangs on for a 1-0 win. They face the Netherlands in the round of 16 on Saturday. So take a look at that game. The Dutch entered the tournament with a FIFA world ranking of 8th, U.S. Uh, ranking 16th. While the Netherlands have had a strong tournament so far, the average world ranking of the teams they faced in the group stage was 37th. U.S. a little more battle-tested as their average opponent ranked in Group B was 14th. So for a lot more on this, 
Taylor Twelman getting up with us uh, to talk about the U.S.'s big win. Taylor, looking ahead, they now face the Netherlands Saturday in the round of 16. What are their chances? Uh, they're heavy underdogs. Vegas has them a little plus 300, 320 at the present time that you and I are talking. So naturally, Vegas and the sporting books look at it and say Netherlands should win. However, that graphic you just showed is very interesting when you look at the Dutch because they've been very professional in their approach, but they haven't impressed anyone. And Dan, the most important part of this conversation is that now, while Iran was a difficult game for the United States, the Netherlands are expected to win. So the United States now are the underdog. And this is where the men thrive. The way the Netherlands play and the Dutch get after you, they want to they want to turn you over, they want to p- possess, they want to get you wide, but now your athleticism, now your pace, now you're on the counter, your best players are put in spots to succeed. It's not as far-fetched as maybe Vegas thinks that the United States could surprise some people. All right, well, if they're going to do that, you would think uh, that they would need Christian Pulisic. And, of course, he had to leave yesterday with the injury after scoring the goal. Does this U.S. team need him if they're going to have any shot to pull the upset? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Because when you look at how uh, the game unfolded yesterday, uh, many people coming into the game, some like myself, said the Iranian defense is a tough nut to crack. And Christian Pulisic found the one way to do so, Dan. And he found the one moment where he got on the end of it. He put his body on the line, literally and figuratively, and he put the ball in the back of the net. He's this special player in big moments. The United States need that from all accounts and from everything that I've heard over the last, I'd say, 10 to 12 hours. He's going to be absolutely fine. And more importantly, uh, I think he'll be able to raise a family when he's older. <laughs> We're going to need to get into the specific nature of the injury. But if he, if he plays and he's a little banged up, right, like if he's hampered at all, is there a, is there a player that you think would need to step up and take, and take more of that responsibility? Giovanni Reyna, uh, it is remarkable that you are asking me this question after three group stage games for the United States, and he's played maybe 10 minutes. This is a player that was listed by FIFA coming into the World Cup, Dan, and listen to this. Top 10 players in the World Cup under the age of 23, he was listed third. And he can't get on the field. Now, only Greg Berhalter and that staff know why he can't get on the field. And I understand there's actually a discussion to be had that, okay, if you don't start him, because who are you taking out of the lineup? Because that lineup has played very well every single game so far. He's got to be your first sub off the bench. He's a player that the United States have only one of them, and that is a creative mind that can break down a bunker. It is remarkable that you and I are you're asking me a question right now, and I can't definitively tell you to this camera that Giovanni Reina has not played enough. If he does not play against Netherlands, at least the second 45, that will be the biggest talking point of this World Cup, and anyone that tells you otherwise will be remiss because this is one of the best players in the world that is on the market value of over $75 million, and he's played nine minutes. Nine. All right. Taylor Twelman, unlike the Iranian defense, you are not a tough nut to crack. Thanks for getting up with us on this Wednesday morning, and uh, we'll check back in with you as we get closer to Saturday. If you don't think Dak Prescott and the Cowboys need Odell Beckham, we're going to give you some numbers that say otherwise. Why Odell is a player Dallas needs to add right now when we come back.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We're back on Get Up. Time to play Fact or Fiction. Chris Canty, the Tua-led Dolphins have the best offense in the NFL. Is that fact or fiction? That's absolutely fiction, Grob. The number one offense in EPA is the Kansas City Chiefs, and by a country mile, they're 128 in EPA. The Miami Dolphins are fourth with 61, so the proof is in the pudding. No offense is more explosive than the Chiefs' offense. They have the most 20-plus yard plays on the NFL season. It's interesting. Country mile is not usually an EPA stat, but they might have they must have updated it. Jeremy, the <laughs> NFC East will put all four teams in the playoffs. Is that fact or Gross. fiction? Gross. It's fiction because I got Seattle sneaking into one of those wild card spots. I got a manageable, manageable schedule the next few weeks. I got the Panthers coming up and the down bad Rams should be able to win those games where the Commanders and Giants are probably going to cancel each other out. They play twice in the next three weeks. Amazing that we're having that conversation about that division two years after nobody had a winning record. Tim, the Cowboys adding Odell Beckham Jr. would make them the NFC favorite. Fact or fiction? I believe that's fiction. First off, I don't think one player changes it that much. I think the other aspect of it is this. There's nothing wrong with the receivers that Dallas has right now. I think those guys are playing well. In fact, since Dak Prescott has come back, He's got a QBR of over 90 targeting his receivers. I don't think receiver's an issue for the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody said fiction. I got to come up with some better stuff. Hey, you guys are giving me all fiction when I'm doing fact or fiction. I got to come up with some better facts. But in the meantime, Marcus Spears, our favorite former Cowboy, had this to say about that. But Sorry, Chris. I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> had this to say about the potential marriage of uh, Odell Beckham and the Dallas Cowboys. OBJ needs to be in Dallas. And I believe that this is the move, albeit him being healthy, that could catapult this team to get into a championship. 
and having a chance to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. We've just known each other longer. That's yeah, all, that, yeah, that's all yeah, it is. Yeah. You really. remember me with the Giants. Giants, yeah. I think Bowl, of you yeah. as a Giant yeah. because you are, in fact, uh, a Giant. You look <laughs> great. He's gonna blow by that. He's like, when I won a Super Bowl with them, like yeah. that was a little shade thrown there. Humble brag. Humble brag. The shades at Swagoo. You're not what even I'm here. Saying. Yeah, that's exactly. So lots yeah. to unpack uh, there. But that's not why we're here today. I want to know from Chris Canty: Do the Cowboys need Odell Beckham? Yeah, they need Odell Beckham. And I'm not saying that Odell is gonna show up and be the guy we saw with the Rams last year, but I do think it matters in terms of providing context to the conversation, his impact on that Rams offense. Odell, in the 12 games that he played for the Rams last year, he caught touchdowns in seven of those games, 52 balls overall, 31 of those went for first downs. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys receiving core is 23rd in yards and touchdowns, and outside of CeeDee Lamb, They've only got two receivers that have scored t- one touchdown apiece. So two touchdowns from the rest of the receiving core. They need Odell Beckham Jr. If for no other reason, have another option that can beat tight man coverage other than number 88. And that's why I think they have to have more urgency in trying to get this guy signed, get him in the building, get him acclimated to the offense and his teammates so he can make some type of impact as they move through December and on into the second season. Look, I think he would make them better, you know, in, in the fact or fiction thing. It was like, hey, does that make them the favorite? Look, right. I, I don't think it makes them the favorite. I think some of the reasons that the receiver numbers are down, they were playing with Cooper Rush earlier in the year. The style of their offense was a little bit different. But, I, Chris, I agree with you that he helps them. Look, the more players you have that can win matchups, the better you typically can be as an offense. I'm just saying, like, if we're going to say that the Eagles are the – the team that is the favorite. Let's just pretend that, that that's what, you know, the argument is. Look, Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't help them stop Jalen Hurts. Like, to me, that is the bigger thing. That's why I don't think it yeah. makes them necessarily the favorite, but I do think it helps them. Anytime you add talented players, it probably is a good thing for your football team. There's no doubt he's a talented player, but the reason we're having this conversation right now is because he suffered a significant knee injury in the Super Bowl yeah. nine months ago, right? So he's still on the open market as a free agent. December starts tomorrow. No one has signed him yet. What are your sources telling you about his status medically and in terms of um, – uh, his likelihood to sign. Yeah, so teams I'm talking to believe that the Cowboys will eventually get this done. I'm told the Cowboys do have urgency on the situation because they know the competition will be fierce. Bills are involved. New York Giants are involved. Chiefs considered sort of a sleeper in this thing. But I'm told the Cowboys want to get him in the building in part because of that knee injury. They want to see where he's at physically and just be able to sit down and talk with him. I don't expect him to necessarily work out for them, but this is a 30-year-old with two ACLs on the same knee could be more of a situational type player for them that puts him over the top in the red zone. It should be noted, Jerry Jones has said they're meeting with him next week, but he's also meeting in the meantime with other teams, right? It's the Giants, I think, tomorrow and and Buffalo later in the week. So Cowboys aren't necessarily uh, a lock to sign him. We'll have a lot more NFL later in the show, but it is, as I've mentioned, a big college football weekend. So I want to go back to Heather Dinich and play a game of HD. This is a game where Heather makes college football stuff clearer for us. Get it? HD, Heather Dinich. If you don't get it by now, there's no hope for you. Starting with Alabama, sitting at number six. Heather, Alabama can sneak into the playoff if... There are absolute meltdowns ahead of them on championship weekend. The only way Alabama is getting back in this thing is if TCU gets absolutely destroyed by Kansas State and USC loses. And even then, it's not necessarily a given because I think TCU still has a chance with a loss. And the team in front of Alabama, right in front of them, is not playing this weekend either. Ohio State will make the playoff if... 
USC loses. I think this is pretty clear cut for the Buckeyes. They need to cheer for Utah like never before because if Utah beats USC twice, that's very easy for the committee. Utah falls out. Ohio State gets in. This is We're talking about Ohio State and Alabama needing things to really break the right way to get into the playoff, right? I feel like these are givens every single year in the playoffs. So we're looking at a different top four than we've ever seen with, you know, TC. I mean, obviously, Georgia's been there. Obviously, they won last year. But TCU and USC, what, what does it mean that Alabama and Ohio State are on the outside looking in this year? This could be pretty significant in terms of from a historic perspective, because 17 of the past 32 teams to reach the playoff have been a combination of Ohio State, wow. Alabama, and Clemson. And Hembo pulled this great stat for me. There have been 24 CFP games played, and those three programs have accounted for 20 appearances Jeez. in them. So it's not just who is getting in the first time for TCU and USC, but the blue bloods that are being left out of this thing is very significant. Yeah, well, you see Clemson there. Obviously, we haven't even talked about them. That's how far they've slid. They're not even in the top uh, six anymore. So, look, a lot of talk, obviously, over the past year or so about college football expansion. You have a, a news story about the Rose Bowl, right? And they, they have a, a deadline today to give the college football playoff committee an answer on whether they want to be involved. Tell us more about that. That's right, Dan. The CFP has a self-imposed deadline, so that could be a little wobbly, of right. today um, for the Rose Bowl to either say, hey, we want to play ball, or if not, there's a possibility that the CFP has a new contract in 2026 that doesn't include the Rose Bowl. And here's why this is happening. Because the Rose Bowl wants to keep its day and time, its media rights, mm. and it is saying, look, we'll do what you want us to do for 23, or, excuse me, 24 and 25 if you do X, Y, and Z for us in 2026. And the commissioners and presidents are saying, look, we don't want to be tied to any promises to you when we sit down to negotiate our next deal. So they, bottom line is they don't think the Rose Bowl should be treated any differently hmm. than the other New Year's Six Bowls. So, you know, and, and to go back to the other thing we were talking about, about the Blue Bloods being left out, if the playoff were expanded today, we would be talking about Alabama and Ohio State. Alabama would be playing Utah right now right. if it were lined up the way it is today. Well, I tell you, I, I bet they would vote to expand the playoff this year, right now, just to get yep. Alabama and Ohio State in it. Where's the button? That, Where's right, the button? Exactly. <laughs> obviously, that's not going to happen, but much more on that very big college football story involving the Rose Bowl. Heather obviously will be on top of it. We come back. We are going to do more NFL after another late collapse last week. The Baltimore Ravens find itself in a fight atop the AFC North. Will Lamar deliver when the Ravens need him most this week? We'll give you that answer when we come back. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Here is this weekend's featured college football lineup. Conference Championship Saturday begins at noon Eastern with three games on ABC. And Sunday on ESPN at noon Eastern, we will have the exclusive reveal of the final college football playoff rankings. Find out who the top four teams will be playing in the Fiesta and Peach Bowls getting exciting on the college football front. Meantime, though, it is the game that's sweeping the nation. We call it Canny or Canty. Chris Canty, Joe Burrow leading the Bengals on another Super Bowl run. Can he or can't he? He can, Graz, because in order to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC, you got to go through Kansas City. And Pat Mahomes has only lost in three playoff games to two quarterbacks. One of them cats is playing in the NFC. That would be Tom Brady. The other one is Joe Burrow. So when Joe Burrow's under center, he gives his team a chance. They look like they might have to go the wild card route, but they played in three playoff games on the road last year if you want to count SoFi Super Bowl. So, yeah, Joe Burrow can get it done. Speaking of Tom Brady, he's in first place, but he's under 500 trying to right the ship in Tampa's final six games. Can he or can't he? He can't with a capital T because Ooh. good players can't overcome bad coaching. Somebody still got to give me an explanation why Todd Bowles on that last drive in the fourth quarter didn't decide to use his timeout after a first down play, completes a 26-yard pass to Julio Jones, gets in the midfield, but they still have no time on the clock to position themselves for a scoring opportunity. Ridiculous. Here in Tampa, Josh Allen, the Bills are heating up, but Von Miller is injured. Josh Allen can win the Super Bowl without Von Miller? Can he or can't he? He can't, and that's another capital T because, listen, in order to win and get to the Super Bowl in the AFC, you got to go through Pat Mahomes, and the Buffalo Bills have played the Chiefs twice in the last two playoffs. They've only sacked Pat Mahomes three times in 92 dropbacks, and they haven't forced a takeaway from Pat Mahomes. So that's a problem. Von Miller was supposed to help that, but if he's not available, the Bills got no shot. I'll go so far as to say that is the reason that the Bills signed Von Miller, because they haven't been able to bring Patrick Mahomes down in those playoff games. So, Von injured in that Thanksgiving Day game. How is he? What's his outlook going forward? Who better to tell us than Von Miller? I did get hurt. Um, you know, the news is not the best of news, but it's definitely not the worst of news. It's kind of like in the middle. Um, but, you know, I do have some uh, lateral meniscus damage, and it's, it's going to have to be addressed. But I, I do feel like I can, you know, play through that. So I'm just going to wait a little bit, let the swelling go down for about, you know, seven to ten days, and, you know, hopefully right before the Jets game, I will be back. Jeremy, even though you didn't wear your shiny overalls today, I am curious what else you are hearing on yeah. the Von Miller injury. Those front. are for Tuesdays. Yes, though, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm told there are two reasons why Miller is optimistic. One is if he got the surgery, he'd be out for the year. It's too quick a turnaround. He wants to avoid that at all costs. And also, he's just comfortable trying to play on this. He's comfortable wearing a brace if he has to. He did it earlier in his career and played pretty well. And he's one of the most gifted athletes in the NFL. That certainly helps him. 
Now, the swelling has to subside. Once it does, he's got second and third opinions on this thing. This is a major ordeal. So if the doctors say, hey, it's best to get the surgery, certainly uh, they will revisit the situation. But right now, he is definitely optimistic. Vaughn's won the Super Bowl twice, including last year. Bills bring him in because they're trying to win this year's Super yep. Bowl. Chris Canty tells me they can't do it without him. Do you agree? I agree with Chris. I don't think they can win it without him. Look, he's a closer. I mean, the reality is they, they signed him to help them win a Super Bowl because he can close games out. Like Chris knows this, he's been in the defensive line room. There are some guys that are great at rushing the passer. And then there are some guys when the game needs to be closed out, they're even better for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like that's Von Miller. Like, you know, just like quarterbacks play well in critical moments, I think pass rushers kind of have that same feeling. The great ones do anyway. Von's been a great one. And, you know, Hembo had this stat, which is amazing. 38 pressures on quarterbacks this season from Von Miller. No other Bills player has more than 12. Mm. Like, I, I just, he's been, that's why they got him. Yes, so it is. It, it, this is a massive injury. Just like we were talking about it with, with Josh Allen and the elbow, I think it's kind of of that same magnitude. You know, they did play in Kansas City earlier this year. They did beat the Chiefs, and he did come up with some pressures and some sacks at the end of that game. Like, he was the finisher against Kansas City. So, yeah. you can see uh, the, the plan uh, in motion if he is healthy. So, hopefully for them, uh, he is. They're playing the Patriots tomorrow in uh, the Thursday night game. Sneaky, fun, important game in the AFC. Chris, what do you, how would you describe this game for the Patriots tomorrow? Well, this is a must-win game for the Patriots, right? Uh, I mean, they've got to get to 10 wins if they want to be a wild-card team in the AFC. And if you look at their remaining schedule, it's absolutely brutal. For their six remaining opponents, or in the playoffs if they started today, and then you're talking about them having three games at home remaining, this being one of them. You, you got to win a divisional game in December at home. You absolutely have to. And so this is a situation where they need to operate with a lot more urgency, certainly more urgency than we saw them play with against the Minnesota Vikings on Thanksgiving Day. The mistakes, the miscues, the roughing the punter play that led to a mm -hmm. touchdown for the, the Minnesota Vikings, those things are uncharacteristic of Bill Belichick coach teams. And so they've got to button all of that stuff up if they want a chance at beating the Buffalo Bills. They beat the Bills in Buffalo last year. Is that weird? windy Monday night game, right? Yeah. But then they played them twice more last year, and the Bills won both games and didn't punt in either one. Yeah. Can the Patriots beat them? No, I don't think so. And I think part of that is, you know, mentioned them not punting. Can they keep up with them? I mean, the reality is stopping that offense is hard, even though the Patriots' defense has been, uh, you know, obviously very good this season. And I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of, I don't know, I think people are somehow looking at Mac Jones' performance last week and saying, uh, well, the offense is going to get on track. And I just don't mm. think that's the case. He's thrown two touchdown passes in a game only once this season. It was on Thanksgiving. He's thrown for over 250 yards only yeah. twice this season. And one of them was last week. They are not a big play offense. They got some big plays uh, against Minnesota. I don't think that's the case against Buffalo. And I will say, I, I for one, like I'm not sure that Mac Jones is over – Kind of the whole scenario with what happened in Bailey Zappi. I don't know that the team is over that. Hmm. So we'll see that tomorrow in a big AFC East uh, matchup. In the AFC North, we have a very close race all of a sudden. The Baltimore Ravens are 7-4, and four, tied with Cincinnati atop that division. Uh, the and-four part of Baltimore's record is the center of most of the discussion. Lamar Jackson has given his team a two-score lead in each of the four losses, including Sunday in Jacksonville. But the Ravens do not seem to be able to close these games out. Jeremy Fowler, Lamar Jackson looking for a contract extension from the Ravens. Is he costing himself money with these losses? <laughs> 
So I don't think so because we know how this script is going to play out, right? He's going to get franchise tagged this offseason, and then he's probably going to wait till August to show up and miss some training camp. That's the song and dance that happens, especially with a two-year journey that we've been on because the Ravens don't want to pay that guaranteed money right. that he is asking. He wants a fully guaranteed deal. So whether he throws four touchdown passes in a game or zero probably doesn't change a whole lot of that unless he gets them through the playoffs into the Super Bowl. That's the determining factor that will cause owner Steve Bishotti to say, Here's the coffin of money. What are you guys seeing with – Chris, what are you seeing with Baltimore right now? Well, Baltimore has got to be better in the fourth quarter, and I know everybody wants to focus on their defense that's given up, what, 63 points in their losses in the fourth quarter? But the offense has only scored 25 points in the losses mm-hmm, in the yeah. fourth quarter. Their offense the is three of nine in those losses. Their offense, which leads the league in turnovers in the fourth quarter with eight – Five of them came in those four losses. So the offense absolutely has to be better. They've had ten fourth-quarter drives in those four losses. The offense has only scored touchdowns on three of them. The offense has to be better in closing out games. We know about the weaknesses on the defense, but the offense needs to do a better job of being able to extend drives, control time of possession, and protect the lead, protect that defense. I would say that Chris mentioned the 63 points. So the last four games, you know, in the fourth quarter. Okay, so essentially one game. Giving up 63 points, okay, so in 60 minutes of football at the end of games, 63 points and 539 yards of offense. It's like, so it's a lot. Yeah. Now, to what Chris is saying about it, you know, it's the offense. If you got well. five I turnovers, it's, the, it's the, the other offenses yes. are getting a lot of extra yeah. possessions. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. And so look at this last game. Yeah. They're protecting a two point lead. Okay, with, you know, roughly five and a half minutes left in the game. They decide to run a kick out of the end zone rather than just taking the touchback. You're protecting a two-point lead. They run it back and get tackled inside the tent. So right now, special teams is already failing this football team just by the decision and then by the execution. Then on the very next play, they turn the football over inside their own 20-yard line. That leads to points, which puts Jacksonville in the lead. Those things are obviously beyond, you know, just Lamar Jackson and how he's playing. And so I don't think it affects, to the question on Jeremy, it doesn't affect his money, but it does affect this team. Look at their schedule. They're going to win at least five more games. Mm -hmm. Like, look at their schedule. They're going to do it, even with as poorly as they've played. But the problem is you play a good team in the postseason, you'll get run off the field. Well, I'll, I'll say this about the remaining schedule. It looks like it's soft, but they just lost to Jacksonville, a team that had three wins on the ledger. If you can lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, you can lose to anybody. And that's the state of affairs with the Baltimore Ravens. Their defense absolutely has to be better, especially with them making the move to get Roquan Smith, but their offense can help their defense out. Right. Red zone offense, 24th in the NFL. This this is the year Lamar Jackson is supposed to make that next leap as a passer. Hasn't quite happened yet. Yes or no? Is this a Super Bowl team? Ooh, can they, it's can they, too can they loaded be a Super Bowl in the team? AFC. It's no. too loaded. No. I just no. don't no. see enough, especially like you look at their wide receivers. He's thrown to a 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson down the field. Like it's just not enough firepower and offense and the defense. Like we said, is a fast that's a problem. 35-year-old. He is right. fast. He's, all, he's gonna be fast too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll obviously keep a close eye on Baltimore uh, as the season goes on. We don't expect them to be a Super Bowl team, but things can change. Things can change. We want to go to the NBA now. Where last night. The Warriors and Steph Curry visited Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Just over three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. We pick things up. Mavs up by two. Doncic gets the steal, finishes immediately with a pull-up jumper on the other end. That extends Dallas's lead to four. Yeah, he's good. Two minutes left in the game. Warriors down by one. Andrew Wiggins passes it to Curry, who throws up a rainbow three. That falls. Warriors now up by two. 
Little over a minute to play. Mavericks back up by one. Doncic creates space, knocks down the turnaround jumper. Beautiful. Mavs up by three. Doncic had 41 points in this game. 14 seconds to go. Warriors down two. Curry brings the ball up. Tries to pull up from three, but gets called for traveling in the NBA. Are you kidding me? Great defense by Maxi Klee, but Curry can't believe it. Take another look. I guess yeah. he moves his pivot. <laughs> right? That's a travel. Yeah, it's travel. You just don't see it called. Anyway, after a missed free throw, Warriors down three with four seconds left. Draymond finds Clay Thompson for three. He misses. Warriors lose. Doncic has 41-12 and 12. As expected, the Crimson Tide are on the outside looking into the playoffs with the latest ranking. Does Alabama have any chance to get in the playoffs now? I need to know, and I will ask people who do when we come back.